Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning! You are listening to KEDC, and this is Red Sea Roundup on its new day and time. This is the first week where you're listening to us on at on Wednesday at 11. I'm getting that mixed up. So this is Wednesday, October the 18th, and I am your host, Pam Marvin. Our producer today, who's very busy over there, is Thaddeus Romanski. And if you have any questions for us today during this hour, I want to give you our numbers. It is 85LOVERED-C, 855-683-7332. And a little uh, later in the hour, we're going to be talking with Deacon Mike Beauvais and Thaddeus as well. We're going to be talking current events that everything affects us as Catholics today and in our culture. I'm really looking forward to that. That's kind of a topic near and dear to my heart. But, you know, there's so much going on in our community uh, this week and this weekend that I'm very excited to to welcome to the mic uh, Mr. Austin Canatella. Welcome, Austin. Uh, thank you for having me. And Christian Oliveri. Olivera. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's I'm thinking okay. of the deacon. There's a good deacon over across the way. Yeah, it's it's okay. Oliveri. But you guys are here from St. Joseph's School. And you got something pretty exciting coming up this weekend. Can you tell us about it? Yes, ma'am. We have a fundraiser uh, started last year. It's for our St. Joseph Athletics. It's the Bustin' Clay fundraiser. It's a skeet shoot tournament. Anybody can join. Welcome to um, come and just help raise money for the St. Joseph Athletic program. Oh, excellent. So um, I have to say I was there last year, and it was very, very fun. Um, I come from a family of skeet shooters i mean that's like the the family weekend entertainment you know <laughs> especially holidays oh, let's go shoot some skiing it was great i mean i have memories of my um she's now 25 but she was 14 years old had her high heels on and she had that shotgun out and she was busting them so that was really fun so we love that in the marvin family um i owe that to my father who really he lives out that direction because so tell us where it is exactly it's at the boswell porter for h range in snook right yes, right and it starts at 8 30 a.m you can still get a team Register registration is online now. If you don't want to shoot in the tournament, you can also buy a meal ticket and go out and still support. I really highly recommend it. Um, so, Christian, are you going to be out there? Um, I don't know yet. I think I might make an appearance. Uh, you know, like Austin said, it's a really good fundraiser uh, to support St. Joseph Athletics. You know, uh, with this money, we've been able to have a lot of new equipment uh, throughout our athletics, a lot of new improvements, uh, a little housekeeping things, and just. Everything from that to bigger things, you know, like uh, on the football team, like football helmets and on the baseball team and everything. It's a really great fundraiser, and I encourage a lot of people to go out there. So I'll, I'll probably make an appearance there. Well, and I have to say, I think this is probably really one of a kind, right? Yes, ma'am. You don't really hear about a lot of schools having a skeet shoot tournament. No. It's kind of unique, and it really reaches all aspects of people. It's I think it's a really neat thing to do. It, it's a wonderful family event. I mean, I went out there last year with uh, my daughters who at the time were just 14 and 12 and really held their own. And it's just so much fun. And if you haven't been out there, folks, to that range, 
it's just it's wonderful out there, especially on a on a beautiful day. It's just so good to get outside and be together as a family. And you know, um, that's what a lot of our Catholic education about is bringing families together and let us have fun together. And what a cool way to do that with this busting clay opportunity. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and <clears throat> also, it doesn't. It just helps us uh, make make our sports program um, just better in general because we have better fields better equipment it's just it's an upgrade to the school and to the program in general it's just a really great thing and also about it i've heard all positive i haven't heard one thing negative about it everybody who went said they had a blast it just really sounds like a a great thing to do yeah absolutely i think it's such a wonderful idea because you know golf tournaments are really cool and they're really awesome and we have one of those as well but uh the skeet shoot is like so great and i love that it really incorporates like the whole family you get to have a meal together and i think oh last year they had football on too because there's football games going on and whatnot so we had football also in the the big building that they have out there so um go ahead and tell us again about if someone wants to register or what if they just want more information about do you need to bring your own gun or they have guns available you know just those kind of details now it is online at the saint joseph catholic school website you can just go ahead and search saint joseph catholic school Bryan, texas and the website should pop right up and uh, they have registration online they have the form online everything any questions you have should be answered right there excellent Wow, that sounds like so much fun. I yes, hope that ma'am. everybody will come out. Uh, if you have a heart for St. Joseph Athletics, like I do, um, maybe you'll come out and support us and raise some more funds to keep our guys safe and equipment. And uh, even our young ladies that play volleyball season. Woo-hoo! That's right. So I got to <laughs> do a plug. Our volleyball girls are number two in the state right now. So that's really awesome. We're very proud of them. I mean, they're. My husband went to go watch them play the other day, and he's like, oh, my gosh. They really can put some heat on oh, those yeah. balls, so yes, it's ma'am. really great. And they also they have a big game coming up Thursday against Alpha <gasps> That's Omega. That's right. That's They're like in the top ten, too. Yes, ma'am. It's the other top it's, ten. It, uh, it's us and them in our district. It's for the district championship, so that's a going to be a big and game. And it's a home game. Yes, ma'am. So Woo-hoo! come out and support. Absolutely. Come out and support us. It'll, uh, it, it's going to be a huge weekend mm-hmm. in sports, not just for um, – for the volleyball team, but um, for the football team as well. You know, on Thursday, you have senior night, which is going to be a huge game for the volleyball team. And then you're going to have Friday night, the football game against a really tough opponent, uh, which is also the homecoming game. Um, it's going to, uh, honestly, in my opinion, as a football player, it's going to be a nail-biter, and it's going to it's going to uh, be about who wants it the most, who's going to win that game. And then, of course, on Saturday, you have the, the fundraiser. Right. So it's going to be a great weekend yeah. for athletics, and, you know, I just encourage everybody to – come out and, and support the athletic programs. Yeah, so so how do you guys like as guys homecoming, homecoming week? Are you all in the middle of it right now? Yeah, yes, it's pretty it's fun. Exciting. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Definitely, and all with all the, the spirit days and the prep rally and stuff, it's one of the best weeks of the year. That's pretty upbeat, huh? Yes, That's ma'am. great. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for taking time out of school. I'm sure that broke your heart. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to the administration who let y'all come on over here and, and say hi to us and, and tell us about this skeet shoot and hope to see you out there yes, and next yes, year ma'am. as well all righty thank you for having us oh no no worries we appreciate you guys coming in um thaddeus i'm expecting a call too i don't know if she's called in yet quite but we go watching for her um but in the meantime i want to talk about some of the preparations you may have for for the oh the big day coming up tomorrow speaking of a busy week this talk is about a benefit a, week talk about a busy week in St. Joseph's school life. It's also a busy week in Catholic community life here in Bryan College Station. You're right, Pam, because tonight is the installation mass 
for the relic at St. Oh Anthony's. Oh my gosh, I'd forgotten about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our very own Dennis Maka is involved in putting that together. He's going to be helping out with the procession. There's going to be a mass with His Excellency, um, Bishop, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Thaddeus has been a little bit under the weather this last Arch- week or so. Um, with, with the Bishop of Austin there, and also then a procession around the grounds, and then time for um, prayer and, and meditation afterwards. So it's going to be quite a special night for St. Anthony's Parish. Then you're right, tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. at St. Thomas Aquinas is our benefit dinner. There's still space available, mm. right? Okay, so tonight's the relic and tomorrow's mm-hmm. the benefit. Mm-hmm. And Dennis is helping out with both of those. Right. Yeah, right. the guy doesn't do enough. He's just got too much time I on his it. hands. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Starting new stations in Palestine, too. Wow. Yeah, that's really crazy. Well, again, before they leave, I want to say thank you so much to Austin and, and Christian. Um, thanks for coming in and have a great homecoming week. And um, especially good luck this week in Christian. Do you guys play football? Thank yes, you ma'am. so much. Thank, thank you all for having yeah. us. Yeah, we thanks appreciate for, it a lot. Yeah, that's fun. Let's do it again. All right. Okay. It sounds good. good. I'll take care. Okay, so um, I think joining me here very soon is my dear beloved friend, Meredith Olson, to talk to us about... What are you going to talk to us about there, Meredith? Good morning. Oh, my heavens. Hi, Pam. Hi, Hi sweetie. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you about the Global Family Rosary Crusade that is going to be the first ever such public event to honor our Blessed Mother in the Brazos Valley, which wow. will take place this Saturday... October 21st from 10 to 11:30 in Bomber Stadium in Bryan. That's amazing. And, and you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about um, the origins of, behind this inspiration, Meredith, because that's kind of a neat story too. When you can you just take a minute and kind of say, you know, how this came about. Well, it is an interesting story. It was less than three months ago. I was home uh, in my home state of Washington State. Um, I'd gone home for a very, very sad occasion through the death of a nephew and had not planned to be home at that point, but uh, was. And there was a a Eucharistic family rosary crusade that took place in Spokane, which is about an hour from where I live. And it was on the Saturday after the funeral and I was still home. So I went to this and it was just this beautiful, beautiful event in a Vista Stadium, which is a minor league baseball stadium in Spokane for the minor league team. And I just felt this inspiration that this is something we had to bring to the Brazos Valley. But the most amazing part of this was is that the, the founder of the Eucharistic Family Rosary Crusade is a priest named Father James Kelleher, who's of the SOLT, Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity Order. And he was there in Spokane. And I, he grew up in my hometown. Now, I hadn't seen this Really? Oh, you well, knew him? Sit, I well, I, I babysat for him. No, get out of town. I graduated from high school, and he, I babysitted for him, babysat for him, and for his eight other brothers and sisters. They wow. lived right up the street from us. But I had no contact with Father with Jim Kelleher until 2017, when I went to this Rosary rally, and there he was reappearing. And of course, he hadn't seen me, and well, that's 53 years. Wow. And so the the how our blessed mother just arranged for this to happen. I mean, on the sad occasion of the death of a nephew, mm-hmm. but to bring something good out of that very sad event. 
And so I came home just inspired that, hey, we could do this. Even though it took them a year to plan it, our Blessed Mother said, I want this before the end of 2017 on the 100th anniversary of my apparitions at Fatima. So that's that was the beginnings, and it was started out very, very simply. I thought, well, mm-hmm. we'll just do a rosary, you know, and five decades, we'll get all five parishes involved, get 10 people from each parish to say the rosary. We'll, we'll find a statue of Mary and crown her, you know, very simple. But it just got bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> they have a tendency to do that. Not by your yeah. own doing, I'm sure. There's a little Holy Absolutely Spirit action in all. there. Isn't that the truth? I mean, I had a very myopic vision of what this would be, but our Blessed Mother had much bigger plans, and the Holy Spirit just kept saying, you know, let me in the driver's seat. You know, you just come along. And I got the most beautiful team of people behind from all five parishes who are participating. And even if no one showed up the day of the event, the graces and the beauty of all of our collaborating together to make this happen in really in two months is nothing short of a miracle. Mm, Yes, exactly. Well, you know, walk me through, because I've heard bits and pieces about how the day is supposed to flow, or the morning rather, um, which sounds, it got more amazing every time I heard about it. So can you kind of walk me through, like if I were to just be a spectator there, what, when should I arrive and what should I expect? All right. The the procession will begin at 10 a.m. So I would suggest you be there and in the grandstands no later than 9.15 or 9.30. Um, the grandstands at Bomber Stadium uh, will hold, the main main grandstand will hold 1,200 people, and then there's an auxiliary uh, bleachers that will hold 600 more. So you want to be in the first 1,200 so you can sit in the grandstands. But mm-hmm. then the procession will begin at 10, and, and we'll, we will have Casey's uh, Knights of Columbus in full regalia, through which will create an honor guard. And through that honor guard are going to process, we have six priests, three deacons, 37 first communicants, students from Sam Houston State and from St. Mary's, um, parish staffs from all five parishes wow. uh, are going to process through. Um, we have a, a four-foot statue of Our Lady of Fatima that we borrowed from Father Dean's parish, St. William's in Round Rock. Wow. She's going to be carried in on a processional uh, as a peer. And uh, decorated by with 350, ro- 350 white and pink roses. Wow! And she's going to be Do you carried have her by already? Columbus she, from St. Mary's. From St. Mary's, and then yes. So there we'll all process in, and then we will have 59 people from all around the globe who are going to represent the 59 beads on a rosary. And they will process in, and we will have a. Uh, they will form uh, a rosary around the baseball field, around the the baselines. Mm-hmm. And um, each one will be a bead, and each one will have an opportunity to to pray in his or her native language. The first part of the Hail Mary, and then the, all of everybody in the audience in the grandstands will respond to the second part in English. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah. is it going to be like a it shifts, like they'll be mic'd, and then so the rosary itself kind yes, of shifts, yes, or by shifts? A, by, well, he, yeah, Father will walk around with his microphone, is that what you asked? And, oh, okay, uh, we'll, yeah, yeah. He will let each person, yeah, through his micro, through his, his movable microphone, every person will be heard. We also have a, 
uh, a choir composed, a choir and instruments composed of people from all five parishes as well, which is really going to be wonderful because how often would something like that happen? Oh, oh my word. Okay. And so if you want to participate, show up around 915 out at the Barma Field, which is, gosh, can you tell me the name of the streets are on? I, I can't yes, really. Yeah, Bomber Stadium is some, um, a lot of people haven't heard of it, but if you're driving north, either on Business 6 or Finfeather, which are the two main arterials that go through, you just turn onto Carson Street. Okay, Carson yes, Street, yes. It, it, Carson Street is about, I don't know, about a mile south of downtown Bryan. Anyway, turn on to Carson Street, and you cannot miss it. Just before you hit the right. railroad tracks, there you'll see a baseball stadium. Right, and if you and are on, been refurbished. if you're on Old College, coming from College Station, it's yes. just past, um, like St. Michael's little, little school yes. church there Go to down. the left. So it's, you know, from St. Mary's where I am right now, it's probably less than two miles, really. It, absolutely less than yeah. two miles. Okay. Yes. Good to know. Good and, to and know. And what an opportunity. You know, we wanted it to be very, very public. And what could be more public than a public baseball stadium? Because our faith is so beautiful and we just want to share it and we want to to just be evangelizing all those. It was interesting this morning we were out at the stadium just to check things out again. And one of the young people there that was helping us is a, a former Catholic, fallen away Catholic. And it was a great opportunity to evangelize him. Mm. You know, we think if one soul is saved through this event, it, the whole thing has been worth it. Absolutely. Or even even a lukewarm con- conversion back to a fervent um, Jesus comes in and just grabs that heart and says, come with me. I love you. And I want you to be loved by me. Oh, Meredith. absolutely. And you know, the whole thing could be considered a failure if we have this beautiful event, but no, no heart has changed. You know, mm-hmm. then, so that's, it's after the event. that's the most important part. How well, hearts are changed. Be assured that, um, I will be there. We're we're having to do a split up thing with this skeet shoot thing going on. Oh, I think Paul yes. had planned that before he knew about Fatima. So the Marvins are split this this Saturday morning. But uh-huh. uh, I wouldn't miss it for anything. Well, thank you, Pam. Well, Meredith, um, I know God will continue to bless you and your family. I know that. If I know your heart a little bit, it'd be like, Lord, the graces, do not let them shower upon me, but upon my family and all those I love. So I just pray that for you, my sweet friend. Amen. And I just thank so much your team for getting this all together to honor Our Lady this way. I think it pleases her greatly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I wanted to also add that uh, we're going to be broadcasting the event on Red Sea Catholic Radio. That's awesome. um, Live on Saturday. So people like... Your your jovial husband Paul will be able to uh, listen to it on streaming while he's at the Boston Clay event. That's right. So he's got no excuse, Pam. <laughs> That's right. He, he'll be there in spirit. Not quite by locating, but yeah, we get but pretty close, darn close. close. Yeah. So, awesome. so yeah, we'll we'll be broadcasting that and and uh, bringing it to our listening area so that people who can't be there for whatever reason can still um, share in it and add their prayers to. The, the rosary event at the Bomber Stadium. Okay? Yeah, I, I can, absolutely wonderful. I, I can just imagine kind of like a burst of grace coming from that area that's going to cover and blanket the whole Brazos Valley when we go with the right intention, right hearts to go and honor her and, 
and all that she's done for humanity. So yeah. Meredith, I, I just, I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, I look forward to being a part of this beautiful day and um, I look forward to seeing you real soon. Thank you. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to one more time talk about the, the, the blessed mother who is just opening up our hearts to love her and to draw us to her son. Draws to her son, exactly. His sacred heart and her immaculate. Yes. On that note, um, we're going to go ahead and go into a break pretty soon. Thank you, Meredith. I'll see you Saturday. And after the break, we'll be back with Deacon Mike and Thaddeus. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Welcome back. You are listening to Red Sea Roundup, and it's new day and time, 11 a.m. on Wednesdays now. And we're doing a little bit of a a get-together. I'm kind of saying that I had to make up an excuse just to get to see Deacon Mike. Welcome, Deacon Mike. It is my pleasure to be here, and it is a good excuse because I get a chance to see you. Yeah. Well, you know, I we, I can't see you without recalling my dear beloved friend Megan. She spoke so highly of you, and it's been such a such an honor to get to know you as well. And and whenever I miss her a lot, I just call you. <laughs> Love well, you, Megan. <laughs> I miss talking to Megan on a regular basis. Right, it was too. always a challenge to me exactly. to talk to Megan. Yes. And and for me, um, I was just a little sponge because I could just sit there and listen and listen. And I find I'm the same way with you. So I can't thank you enough for being on today to, to help us kind of sort through a lot of these current events of the time because it's really on my heart as a Catholic living in these day and times that our job is to be a people of the resurrection, of, of hope and joy. And there is so much because if we believe what we believe, then why wouldn't there be? And I think this is an important point to remember, especially when we look at the world through the prism of instantaneous media. We are overwhelmed with bad news. And it's always a good idea to remember that when the church started, the situation was as bad, if not worse, than it is today. Mm -hmm. Violence was a part of society to a much greater extent than it is now. Yes, we're moving a little bit back in that direction, but it's the world was changed by people that lived in the midst of that violence mm-hmm. and were willing to accept whatever happened mm. in order to live their lives as children of God. And so that is a good perspective for us to have when we get disappointed, when we get despair in our lives because it seems horrible that our job as Christians is to communicate that hope that this is not the end. Well, and I love the little saying in the song that says they will know we are Christians by our love. Okay. I absolutely know that that love, which comes only from Christ 
is transformative. And that is really the only way we can be a people of hope and a people of joy during times that are are so difficult because there is a lot to be sad about. There's a lot to mourn. I think, I think there's a lot of sorrow that uh, really surrounds us. Um, I know for me personally, it has the good side of that sorrow was that it keeps pointing me back to Christ and saying, Jesus, I trust in you. Increase my trust, increase my trust. And that I think is important for us to remember that our trust is not in anything of this world. No matter what happens, no matter who gets elected, no matter what political change there is, that is not the answer to our questions. Mm-hmm. Our questions are only answered in the next life. Our answers come from the incarnate word. And so we need to remember that when we're dejected, when we see the world through the worldly prism, that our Lives are intended to be filled with hope, even in the midst of that despair. So, so right on target. And so that's what we're wanting to help our listeners out with today. Uh, Again, it's just been kind of really on my heart as a person who really loves current events and culture watching. Not that it's always good. It's really not. But as a spectator, it's like a spectator sport now. But I want to make sure that there are any listeners out there and especially Paul Marvin, I've actually put a text out to him. So if anybody's listened to this and you run into my husband, tell him to call in because he's got some really cool perspectives as well. He's, he's a, he watches a lot of this stuff. Um, our number to call in today is 855-683-7332. Uh, the person that comes to mind right now is Debbie Starnes. If you're out there listening, I know you've got a good question for us. Maybe you, Ben. Um, I'm asking for people to call in with their questions regarding Hey, what's up with that? You know, do you have a question? It's like, what is going on? Help me to to sort this through or look at it from a different perspective. So uh, we'd love to get your calls in this morning. But with that said, let's go ahead and just talk in. Start with, uh, you know, what we're seeing all in the politics and the craziness of our political system. So what's your take on that, Deacon? Well, I think in a way this is something that Pope Francis touched on is that we do tend to equate our political positions with our faith. And we get locked in in a worldview sometimes that even when there are parts of the political view that doesn't quite mesh with our Christian faith, that we struggle with how do we work this out, especially in our own mind. How do we come to grips with the things the way they are. And I think it's always important to remember that God comes first. And that, you know, Jesus has given us instructions. Love God, love neighbor. Mm -hmm. And everything has to come through that prism. So whatever political viewpoints, whatever social structures, whatever decisions about medical issues, it always has to first come through that prism is that me loving God? Is that me loving neighbor? Mm, or me loving self? You could look at it from that perspective, <laughs> yes, too. Yes, well, that's the flip side. <clears throat> is it well, yeah. my best interest first? Right, which, you know, if we could just for a second talk about that kind of 
let's call it a, a litmus test or some type of thermometer in our own selves when we're getting a little off track. Um, what are the, some of those indicators? I mean, I can tell like for me, one of mine would be like, you know, sadness or depression because I'm like, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed by it. But that's that's kind of an indicator to me that I'm losing perspective. Yes. And I think, uh, but we have to be careful there. I think uh, it's certainly a value to analyze, you know, what has brought me to this state. But also on the flip side, when we're talking about our spiritual life, especially from an Ignatian perspective of spirituality, how we feel about things cannot influence our relationship with God. Ah. And because there are going to be times that we feel a certain way that is not true, that is not a real perspective on what the world. What a great reminder. I want you to go ahead and repeat that because I think that's really lost in our society today, folks. Go ahead. You can say that again. We need to be careful that we remember that how we feel at the moment can't impact our spiritual life and our relationship with God. Mm. Because if we feel low and we suddenly decide, well, I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like what's going to happen is it's going to snowball. The next time we're going to feel even less like praying, even less like going to mass, even less. And so I don't feel like going to confession. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. It's not but we have to be careful that we always realize that reality isn't change, but how we feel about it. Reality is that which is. It's truth. That is so true. And so one of the distinction, I'm just going to say it in a little bit of a different way that makes sense in my little brain, um, is that we have like these physical bodies and we have our spiritual side as well. And what I found that over time, de- developing that strength of the will that that is born of the spiritual side and listening to that more. Like at first, they're so intermeshed, you can't really separate them. But I think through prayer and the guidance of Jesus and his holy angels can help us to really discern when we're really in in the flesh or from the spirit. And um, again, just using the act of the will, like, yes, my body does not feel like going to 7 a.m. mass, but I've made a commitment and I will be doing that because I know on the other side how very efficacious, how profoundly it impacts my my whole life. And I think this is a good way to help us understand why the church has teachings on abstinence and fasting and things like this. Ah, because these are ways for us to realize that we are in control. That if I say I am not eating this, or I'm giving up this. I am basically telling my body, you're not in charge. Absolutely. And so those feelings, those cravings, those things are determined by the will. The will says, this is what's going to happen no matter how much I want this. And so I think the church in its wisdom has given us guidelines to train ourselves (laughs) to ignore feelings and do what we're supposed to do. And this is supposed to help us in our spiritual life. Right, right. Because I believe there was really pretty much a movement in the 50s and 60s, definitely the 60s, that feelings are king and feelings are the most important thing and you should always go by what you feel. And I think that was a real disservice to our culture. And I think we're kind of... 
reaping the downside of it now by lack of self-control um, and lack of any type of a lot of more chaos in the world, I'd say. But in a way, that has a lot to do with the fact that uh, we are living in a me society and it's very difficult to explain to people why you should give up something mm. if everybody tells you it's all about you. It's only about what you want. It's only about what you like. And Christianity is exactly the opposite. As St. Paul says, always think of others as more important than yourself. And just just as a personal testimony, and Thaddeus, jump in anytime you want to, but as a personal testimony, it's like I heard that and I didn't like that. Like I knew that when I first became Catholic and I, I didn't particularly like that. And I really wasn't sure. Was it going to really pass a sniff, sniff test, so to speak, you know, because, you know, did this ring true for me? You know, all my, again, very egocentric instead of Christocentric. Um, but as I started to grow and started to do some of the little practices of like um, being selfless, to me, I always thought being selfish was a really bad thing. I could just feel it in my body that being selfish doesn't help anyone. It's not good. I mean, I always, I kind of just intuitively as a child, selfishness is bad. So that was the first thing I kind of started. I don't want to be selfish. And, and basically at the end of the day, selfishness is an attachment to sin. And so the more we, the more we start to let go of those, and again, this is just from personal experience, the more of like, you know, chop that one off, get rid of that detachment, the amount of freedom and joy. Oh, what an amazing thing that was for me. It's like, who knew that, you know, if we go by these set of rules and restrictions that we'll be free. That just doesn't make sense. Can you, can you, I bet you can talk to this. Oh, yes. And uh, <laughs> the best person to follow on this is Bishop Barron. Mm. And he uh, always tells us that when we talk about freedom, we have such a warped perspective on that in our culture. Because when we look at things that are important or things that we really want to do, in order to be truly free doing them, we have to follow the rules. I know. And it doesn't make sense. It's like, well, but let me just stop you here. Because when things don't make sense like that, I always love to recall that the worst thing that ever happened in human history resulted in the best thing that ever happened in human history, which was the passion, death, resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is, what is the word when things don't seem to mesh like that? It's a dichotomy? Paradox. A paradox. It's such a paradox. And and we're called to live those out in our own lives. And when we do, what happens? Freedom. Well, and uh, this is, you know, when we say, for instance, you want to play the piano, and you go into a store that has a keyboard, and you decide you're going to play the piano without lessons, without musical ability, without any sense of what the music is supposed to be, are you free to play the piano? Ah. It isn't until you have mastered the art of playing piano, learn the music, mm -hmm. listen to the masters, it is then that you're truly free. And when you look at a virtuoso playing the piano, he has no music on the keyboard. He plays mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because he is truly free to play because he knows what it means to play piano. He knows all the rules. Yeah. The same thing holds up for our spiritual life. Mm -hmm. It isn't until we learn the rules that we are truly free to live as the people that we are intended to be. 
So listeners out there, what does that mean to you to live free? We are talking about current events too. So if you have something you'd like us to unpack today, and we'll get to one or two of those items here in a second, but I'd love to hear from you for at 855-683-7332, or you can remember it more easily by saying 85LOVE-RED-C. Would love to hear from you if you're out there. Yes, you, you're the one I'm talking to, to give us a call. You have that question. We haven't had a call yet. I'm. It's my goal to have at least one caller today. So we're watching the phone lines uh, very carefully. Because we want to hear from you. What's on your mind? What's on your heart? How, what can we try to work together to unpack in this uh, kind of turmoilish time we're living in? Wouldn't you say, Deacon? Yes. And uh, again, I think... Tumultuous. Tumultuous. I, yes. I like the word, yeah. Tumultuous. But I think in part, this is, again, due to the fact that we're exposed to bad news nonstop. And in a way, I think it builds on itself. Uh, you have people hearing about people doing bad things and people that have bad inclinations to begin with mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. it is more normal and it builds on itself. But also we have a uh, change in how we see evil. So true. Uh, or not at all. Or, or believe it doesn't <laughs> exist at all. And uh, so in an everything goes society, if there are fewer and fewer boundaries, why are we surprised when people keep pushing the boundaries of what mm. is acceptable in society? And so when we see these things happening, one of the things we need to consider is how much influence is the there are no rules mindset mm. in allowing these things to happen. Right. Well, just again, kind of this culture watching thing um, and trying to stay on topic with the current events. It, it, I really seem to have noticed within this last year and in my little Christian perspective, my Catholic perspective, I think it's it's no accident that it's in this hundredth year of the anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima, that a lot of evil that's been out there bubbling under the surface that we all kind of knew was there, um, it's really being exposed. There's been, you know, lots of really horrible stuff being exposed now in Hollywood that we've never seen before. And it's been there, you know, decades and decades. There's things within our political system as well. It's all kind of rippling and bursting at the top, you know, um, in that atmosphere, this this thing that's going on, you know, I almost don't even like to mention the NFL and and all of that, which it just you know we just, we kind of get miffed at like what's going on? Why? I mean, it, my take on the whole NFL thing was like it's like showing up to the post office trying to get your driver's license renewed. It's like that's not even on topic. Well, I mean, was I off on that? But that's what it looked like to me. It's like it wasn't even the same topic. Well, there's two things, in my opinion, that we need to consider here. One is that while everyone is entitled to protest something that they see as wrong, is venue. Where are you protesting? And uh, it's the same thought I had when we had the... uh, Hamilton play and the political discourse at the end, people have paid money to see this play. Mm-hmm. And uh, while you are perfectly free to protest on your own time, to force somebody to pay to listen to you protest is wrong. No bueno. And the same thing holds for the NFL. The people in the stands, the people buying the NFL package on direct TV or whatever, they are paying to see football. 
Mm. If you, as a football player, want to, in your free time, protest outside the stadium, more power to you. As Americans, we have that right. And should develop that right, absolutely. Yes, and if we see something wrong, we can make a case that there's a moral obligation to protest. Right, right. But to do so and force others to participate or even pay to watch you do it. Right. There's something wrong there. You know, as you're talking about that, it uh, it triggers something else that I've um, delved into a little bit more recently. And I saw a really great... Guys, if if y'all don't subscribe to Ascension Press's YouTube channel, you really should. Father Mike Schmitz is just so dynamic and is able to articulate things in such a way that's like, yes! And he does such a great job. Who am I to judge? He had this great little video out the other day, which um, just to unpack it very quickly, which I thought was such a great analogy. He says, yes, this is a difficult topic for us um, as Christians. The difference is we are not judging hearts. We are judging actions. So he really made that distinction. And so for, for those of us that are kind of like twisting our head like the little puppy dog on the sideline going, what are these guys doing? These you know NFL players or whatever. It's because there's a little disconnect. We're not judging them as human beings. We're judging their actions as not being appropriate for the timing that it is. Exactly. And uh, this holds true for so many things in our life when we see things that are wrong. And uh, this, uh, take uh, abortion, for instance. As Christians, we are morally obligated to resist this heinous situation in our society, but we are not free to damage property. We're not free to threaten lives. And so there are, again, rules for conduct in a world created by God. That's right. And so we always need to be aware of what the situation is. Right. You know, if there's one thing I would like to say about, you know, especially people who who have a behavior that's really egregious, for instance, like the, the Las Vegas shooter and, and people like that, um, my perspective kind of is you still cannot take away their human dignity. And I will love their human dignity. I will love the fact that they are a beloved daughter of the, or excuse me, a beloved child of Christ but however, that action was was a very evil one. Anything that takes human life is gonna is an evil act. And and I'm really sorry that there's a lot of people in this world who who are are duped enough where oh that doesn't exist. So there's no balance there. So that to me, if there's no balance, that looks like chaos in my book. I don't know. But but again, we're not judging hearts. We love these hearts that Christ created in any shape, form, or fashion. Even you know the very awful. Um, I, I don't want to say people. I want to say behaviors of certain people, and really want to make that distinction for our listeners too. To really, it's just a, it's just a different way. It's Pam's way of saying, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner. Um, a lot of people that doesn't really resonate with, but say love their human dignity and be sorrowful for their actions and behaviors. And I think this is where, when we you know, talk about these issues, the topic of relativism comes in. Because this is one of the great challenges in our culture is that if we do not believe there is an objective truth, that there isn't something that we can cling to that says this is definitely wrong, we are basically allowing people on an individual basis to decide for themselves what is wrong. And we have an obligation as Christians to state, no, that's not the case. Yeah. And Deacon, I want to take it a little bit, you know, I I do a lot of like work um, 
in spiritual guidance and stuff. And so one of the things I really see when people don't want to be wrong, I'm not wrong. Of course, it's a sin of pride. I don't want to be wrong. Um, but what that is, is because if I admit I'm wrong, I feel worthless, which goes and reinforces lies of the devil. So that's all comes from these lies we bought deep down inside. So let's not just look at the person who doesn't want to be wrong as being just, oh, they're so prideful. No, folks, they're so wounded that they would react that way on a consistent basis. And so that should evoke more mercy and compassion from us than any type of you know, again, judging in that term, you know, so I want to really remind folks that people who behave badly are trying to cover up a lot of pain. Yes. And this too goes to the problem of where we get our sense of self-worth. And this too is a challenge for a culture that has removed God from the equation because Ultimately, for us as Catholic Christians, our self-worth is derived from nothing other than we are created in the image and likeness of God. Absolutely. There is nothing I can do, nothing I can be, nothing I can say that changes that dignity. I may not act according to that dignity, but I will always have that dignity. Right, which, which I think there's that whole free will thing. Free will is a huge thing. One of the things I like to, to tell a lot of folks um, or remind them that I heard that was so convicting of me one time is that... Jesus loves your free will so much, he will let you go to hell over it. And, of course, there's a lot of people who don't believe in hell either. They will when they get there. <laughs> but he loves our free will. So there is a part of me that believes sometimes when we allow a lot of evil and darkness into our lives, you start to have those blinders develop, which brings up part of what you and I were talking about uh, before the show which I want you to go ahead and talk about that a little bit more. Remember we were talking about how it develops a sense of callousness. Uh, yes. Uh, just uh, and, uh, This is one of these God incidences things. Just before coming on the show this morning, I was working on a class I was uh, preparing and uh, reading an excellent book. If you're interested in reading it, it's George Weigel's uh, Letters to a Young Catholic. But one of the letters was on... Uh, St. Uh, Maximilian Kobe, and um, his death in uh, Auschwitz. And, uh, but uh, in the book, he was talking about the pictures in the museum at Auschwitz of the horrors happening there and some of the guards standing there joking, smoking cigarettes in the midst of all this horror and the point being that we become callous to evil and we stop seeing it as that. And that can happen in big ways, the way it did in Auschwitz, but it can also happen in little ways in our everyday lives when, oh, this isn't really bad or this isn't that bad. And we start making excuses and Trust me, I am 100% certain at some point one of the guards in Auschwitz was going, well, I guess that's not that bad. Yeah, or and like the mass the murder step. in Las Vegas was, well, it's a lesson for good for all of us to learn. Oh. Right, and uh, but it's we become callous to the situations of the world, and we need to be careful that we don't allow that to happen to us as Christians that we always see evil for evil. Yeah. And uh, 
even when it's part of our lives and all of us have things in our life that sometimes we are forced to face and we can't ever let it become mundane. Okay, so Deacon, I'm going to challenge you here. I know you know the answer and we have a lot to say. So as Catholics, like um, everyone sitting in this room who desire to give everything to Christ and to, to bring his word to his people— what are we doing on a daily basis to, for lack of a better way to say, kind of inoculate ourselves? Can't completely. It's not a one and done. But there are things that we must be doing as Catholics to continue to build, build that spiritual muscle and that spiritual strength where truth and beauty shine through most of all. Um, so what do you say that we do? Well, I think the biggest challenge is to focus on the good. And this is St. Paul, you know, looking for those things, the good, the beautiful, the mm-hmm. light. All things lovely and gracious. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is, again, talking about the 24-hour news cycle, is extremely difficult to do. And so I think the biggest challenge is find the beauty. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I found absolutely fascinating uh, with Las Vegas, with the hurricane in Houston is we can either focus on the horrible tragedy of the event or we can also look at it. Yes, this was horrible, but where is the good in this? And when we look at the stories of the people that they died protecting others, they risked their lives trying to take the wounded out of there. The people that we overuse the word heroes, but Heroic action, courageous actions for the love of neighbor. Mm -hmm. Not only do we need to think that we would imitate that, but we need to be aware of the goodness in the middle of Mm -hmm. the evil. Mm -hmm. Same thing in Houston, people pulling their boats down to Houston to go rescue people they don't know. It was the Cajun Army. I love that. That was a great story. But uh, there was a full-page ad in... uh, the Texas Monthly, from the city of New Orleans to the city of Houston, telling them that they remember the hurricane and how Houston responded to them. Oh. And they said, we're there, we're there. for you. Oh, wow. See? Full page oh, ad, neighbors. back cover. Yes. But these are the things that we need to remember to focus that we are created in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. And if you pay attention, you can see it. So even in the midst of the evil, let's look for the good. There was an article, someone had asked um, my brain just shut down. Um, Mr. Rogers, how do we talk to kids about bad things in the world? And he said, find the heroes. Point out the good. Right. And this way, again, as Christians, where do we, where's God in this? Mm-hmm. And it's not that God doesn't exist. Yeah. So it's true. that we are not looking. Yes. And, and for me personally, one of the things I like to do is arm myself with the sacraments. Oh, we have an in-studio question. I'm so excited. Michael, and you'll have to say your last name for me. Ash Hour. Ash Hour. Okay, Michael. Michael's in here today. He's apprenticing and interning with Thaddeus, learning the ropes in here. He has an in-studio question. So, yay. Yeah, uh, thank you. So 
One of the things that I find myself as, and I think a lot of college students um, probably identify with this, is on the topic of evil, uh, you've been talking about how it can be overwhelming or it can make us callous. But what about if um, that overwhelm that overwhelming feeling makes us kind of shut off toward everything that's going on in the world and we kind of just grow lukewarm to it and try to just live our live in our own bubble of spirituality without trying to make a difference in the world? Excellent question, and this is probably the premier challenge for us as Christians because the challenge has always been from the beginning of Christianity is how do we take our faith into the world? Uh, yes, we have the option of becoming a monk or nun and living in a cloister and praying, but that's not an option for all of us. For, all, uh, for most of us, the option is only that we live our faith as an example to the world around us. And so you bring up an excellent challenge. Uh, what keeps us, you know, from just forming a well, co- cocoon? If I, if you don't mind, one of the things I personally have done um, that it seems to be good is like, okay, uh, joy. How do you keep joy in your life that, that keeps that at bay? And my answer is prayer and the sacraments. Over and over again, prayer in the sacraments, adoration, daily mass, confession on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and also being with friends that are likewise doing the same path, the same journey. So you have to ask yourself question, what increases your joy, your Christian joy? Oh, okay. And find that and keep running toward Jesus and the sacraments, and and you will continue to, to raise that level so that callousness is not— because there's a lot to be sad about. Okay, so that's what a great question. What yes, a great thank you. Question. Yes, and I think uh, uh, to add on to that, uh, it's just important for us to live our lives as Christians, no matter what. Just keep persevering. Yeah, and what does that look like? Well, we're going to wrap that up for right now, but um, we'll we'll continue the conversation here in just a little while. Um, I, I thank you so much for joining me today. Will you come back and do this like? Every now and then, and you can ask me to be on your show too. That's okay. We'll have to do that. Figure out a topic. It was my pleasure to be here. Yeah, conversions. You're going to come me up for a conversion story. We can do that. Okay. And just one more quick reminder that tomorrow is our benefit dinner at St. Thomas Aquinas starting at 630. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers is going to be our, our speaker. And there are still tickets available. If you want to come, go to redsearadio.org slash benefit and come out and support the radio station. Get a great benefit from our speaker. Right. Folks, um, I can't say enough about how valuable this uh, benefit is to not just our community, but that in in West and now in Palestine, too. Um, we're really trying to to spread this Christian joy throughout the state of Texas and uh, participating and donating to the radio station is one way that you can bless many, many people and especially yourself as well by doing that. So I thank you so much for listening today. I didn't get a a caller, but I got an in-studio question. So Michael, I thank you for that. And I just want to remind everybody that um, I want you to tune in with me every third Wednesday now of the month. And until then, I want you just to go and love your neighbor.